With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. We got company. Hang on. Welcome in, folks. It is the Daily Destroyer, the DFS show on the Daily, sorry, on the Dynasty Warzone Network. I'm your co-host, at FF Tyler O, joined as always by my man at Lou Dog Sherman. We are recording four o'clock on a Friday. That is important always, but it's even more important now because we just got a ton of uh, crazy news coming our way. A lot of rescheduling that does affect the slate uh, a lot, to say the least. Um, just to go over that, so in case you folks weren't aware, uh, that um, Raiders-Browns game wasn't on the main slate anyways, but that got changed. But there were two games on this main slate that did get shifted to Tuesday. Uh, the Rams-Seahawks, which we were looking at as a pretty juicy matchup, that game is no longer on the main slate. That is on Tuesday. And the Eagles-Washington football team, maybe looking at that just a little bit, but that is now off the slate. So we went from an 11-game slate to a 9-game slate for the main slate on DraftKings. It's going to make things interesting. There's definitely some guys that we were uh, excited about that are no longer going to be available, but that is just how it goes. We adjust. Athletes adjust. DFS athletes adjust. It's what we're doing here today. Let's kick it off with the quarterbacks. I'll give it over to you, Lou. Will you kick us off here? Your favorite quarterback play of the week. Yeah, the games that got moved are pretty much making quarterbacks, uh, I'd say, a little more straightforward than normal this week. A lot of weeks you can kind of play uh, most quarterbacks uh, and then you get different elsewhere. But this week there's a lot less like good plays because there's backup quarterbacks in in a lot of these spots on top of the games that got moved. Some of the, the good quarterbacks were in those games as well. But, um, yeah, for, for me this week – it's kind of like you you could play Kyler Murray up against the Lions at 7,900, or you just go down. Um, Dak Prescott, 6,500. He hasn't really been getting you that many fantasy points of late. He's been throwing more picks recently. Uh, but well. he is, he's Not facing the Giants, so it's, it's in a de- decent spot for him. Um, my favorite play is probably going to be Tua at uh, 5,700 against the Jets, but it's going to be pretty highly owned. Um, I think before this news, Jalen Hurts was a guy I was looking at a lot, but now without him in, um, we'll probably see people mostly going to Tua. And, you know, Tua just faced the Jets a few weeks ago, had um, 18 fantasy points in that game, and he hasn't really been getting 
you know, 30 fantasy points games. He only has, has two games all year over 25, but um, for 5,700, he seems like one of the safer quarterbacks on the board, especially against the Jets. Yep, I'm with you on that one. I he, He's going to be the top play considering. Another quarterback that I have interest in is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo uh, playing against the Falcons. Similar price. I think when a lot of people go to Tua, uh, that pretty much same price. If you want to be a little bit different, going to Jimmy might be the move. Atlanta's their their um their pass. I'm sorry their their run defense has been quite good, um, especially over the, the second half of the season. Um, and their pass defense has uh, been pretty bad. And in fact, the Falcons allow the third highest passing success rate in the NFL right now. And then with no Elijah Mitchell, um, they're going to string together a running back room of Jeff Wilson, who disappointed a bit last week, and Debo, who doesn't disappoint, but is still kind of like this hybrid player. Um, so. To me, the path of, of least resistance for the 49ers to win this game against Atlanta defense with a great run defense and a terrible pass defense is to let Jimmy sling it. Uh, maybe you see a little bit more Debo as a wide receiver. We know Ayuk's going to be out there. Kittle's been absolutely smashing. So, you know, it's one of those games when I take a peek at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, things that have not been that bad lately, too, if you take a look at his stats. Like, he had that 12-point game, but, we're you know, over the last, you know, six games, 20 18, 12, 15, 15, 23, like that. And we talk about, it's kind of like Tua, right? Where there seems to be, you know, the floor is fine and the upside's a bit capped. But I do think considering this offense and its offensive weapons, I think the passing attack on the 49ers does present itself with a bit more upside than the Dolphins. Yeah, I I like that take. It's some of it has to do with who your um, options are and, for Tua, one of his favorite go-to guys this year, um, Waddle, is out in this game. Yep. So, I mean, that could hurt him in general, just the guy that you're more comfortable with throwing to. Waddle has a bunch of games with uh, over eight catches this year, and he's kind of been the favorite target of Tua. So without him in there, I think that could somewhat hurt the upside. Like, I... I w- I'm expecting Tua to be the most owned QB. So in that sense, I probably won't be playing him in big tournaments. Um, that's where like Jimmy's really interesting. The other guy who I'm, who I have a lot of interest in, and I didn't realize I'd be saying that sentence this year <laughs> is Davis Mills. He is, I mean, this guy has been like quietly balling out when given opportunity. Um, his last two full games of playing at he is 24 and 21 fantasy points. He's 5,400. He's facing the Jaguars defense. Um, the urban Meyer news. This was one of the big stories of the week. And to me, like when teams lose their quarterback or I mean their, their coach um, a lot of times, like there's two ways that it can go either. Like they have this crazy bounce back because they're all like against the coach or they just look broken. Um, but for me, like this is the week for Davis Mills to ball out and like have a good game. He threw the ball 49 times last week in a game that they lost by 20. Uh, but that that's, I don't want to say that's the concern for me, but I think, um, this could sneakily be a game that is just like there's no defense involved at all and they just go back and forth and there's a lot of uh, high scoring. So I kind of have interest on Davis Mills because I think people are going to go to this Tua and Garoppolo more often. Um, And 
if not, like maybe they just go up to a burrow at that point. So, yep. um, what's your take on Davis Mills? Like, so, I, I feel like he's someone that you could probably pick up in season long and start this week as well. Yeah, Davis Mills, I, the matchup's good. I, it 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 pains me to say he's a decent cash option. Like, I don't know if I'm necessarily there yet. I mean, but Jacksonville does allow the third highest EPA per drop back. Um, you know, they're bottom of the league in terms of just pass defense. I mean, this is just a team that you can pass on. So if you want to play Davis Mills, it's okay. I guess my thing with Davis Mills, like I, I, I would be a little more interested in Davis Mills had he been like 48 or like, or like 5k, but yeah, he's for too him, close to Tua. Yeah, he's just too close to Tua and Teddy Bridgewater. And then uh, Mike in the chat actually brought up a good point here. Mentioned that uh, Tyron Smith is out for Dallas. Um, and that is, con- it's a question, but it is confirmed that Tyron Smith is out oh, for yeah. Dallas. And that, that is something to consider, uh, especially considering Dak's woes as of late. Yeah. So it, and this is where, when I was saying before, where usually there's a lot of options at QB, but here, um, one thing we talked about before, before we started was I could see there be a lot more quarterbacks that are 10 plus percent owned this week mm-hmm. versus other weeks. So if you have a strong conviction on like some random guy, even if it's like Ryan Tannehill against the Steelers, like I don't know if people are going to be on him that much, but um, the fact that there are so many like backup quarterbacks that are out there or just injuries, COVID, like a lot of people are out. It could be just a wild week in general that, um, yeah, I think it's going to be very condensed where like ownership comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't specifically talked about Josh Allen, but you had to take that. You don't really want to play Josh Allen at all this week. Yeah. yeah I, so I guess it, it's, it's more so, I know, I know we saw the hundred rush yards last week, but I mean, we at least agree that that's not something we expect to back to back weeks. Um, it's, it's really, he's $200 cheaper in Kyler, and I'd rather go Kyler against his soft Detroit defense. But it's just really looking at the matchup for me. The Panthers are um, currently allowing um, the second lowest uh, pass success rate um, in the in, in the NFL right now. Uh, fifth lowest EPA per dropback. I actually got that from Living the Stream. I uh, should give them a little credit there. But it's just the Panthers have been incredible uh, lately against, against the pass. Um, but, and they're also one of the most... Uh, largest like run funnel so it's basically if you want to beat the Panthers you run the damn football that doesn't set itself well for the Bills play style I get it the, yeah. the Bills are a team that doesn't will play an entire half of football without running without handing it off to a running back but with that said I actually it's more so about the, the game environment the game script I expect this to be a little bit more of a slog because yeah. I think because I think the Panthers defense sets itself up well against how the Bills want to play offense and the Panthers offense is bad so I mean, this is one of those games where like I could perceive like you know if this is this isn't a betting show, but I, I could see myself like wanting to go for the under in that game, just because I don't think there's a lot that's going to be happening in terms of offense. Like right now, it's a 45, 44 and a half point total, which is fair, but I, I really think that this goes under, and um, it's a little bit disappointing from an offense perspective for the Bills. I think they still mm-hmm. get it done. But I, I guess for 8,100 and Kyler at 49 versus the Lions, it's a pretty easy pick to Kyler for me. Yeah. And to go off that point that you made, like this is probably a big under week in general. <laughs> like yeah. teams just want to get they get this week over with. Um, we've already seen games getting suspended. I would assume uh, with this already being Friday and they announced those three games that we won't see other games postponed would you agree I, with that? I, I would i would agree with that at this point 
Yeah, I feel like they wanted to make it wait until Friday and announce the games that are specifically getting postponed. The The Browns one was like obvious. They had yeah. 22 players on the list or whatever. Yeah, and, so. and, and, and a fun fact, the, the, the Eagles, who don't have any COVID cases, are now playing three games in 13 days, Lou. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be brutal. Boned. They got boned, dude. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right, uh, pool of three quarterbacks, a little tougher this week, but also pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going with it. I think I'm going to do Kyler Tua and Davis Mills. Kyler, dude, I like it, man. Absolutely yeah, like it. Going, going to the running back position here. Suck Sony's out. He was probably going to be one of the top plays. But uh, I, I just want to yeah. talk about it. Um, let's talk about the guys that are they're the most expensive here at the top first. Um, Najee Harris, 78. Ezekiel Elliott, 73. Joe Mixon, 72, as you said, it's kind of odd not seeing a running back over 8K, but that is what it is. At those running backs at the top, where does your interest lie? Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Like, there's no McCaffrey on the slate. Um, Derek Henry's also injured. Like, there's all these guys that we're used to seeing up there who just aren't even on the slate or they're hurt. Um, And, yeah, 7,800 Najee Harris is the top-priced one. Um, I think of these three, I'd probably most likely to play Joe Mixon mm-hmm. at 7,200. Love it. It's interesting because his his price was climbing each week. He was getting two touchdowns every week. And then all of a sudden, these last two weeks, he only, you know, he's getting 10 and nine fantasy points and falls back down to 7,200. But he's mm-hmm. still getting 20 touches in these games and they're still fighting for that division to get a good um, playoff seed and the game against the Broncos, I think is like a decent spot for him to um, sort of bounce back and find the end zone here or there. They love to give him the ball in the red. They love to run the ball. The Bengals love to run the ball. They do like to run. So he's probably going to get his 20 touches, which also he gets a lot of balls thrown to him and the last two weeks he hasn't really been. So if he just comes back to where he was three, four weeks ago, then he's by far the best running back on this entire slate, yep. I'd say. And his upside is, is way higher than a lot of these other guys because of how many touchdowns they like to, to get just hand fed to him. He already has 14 touchdowns on the year and over a thousand rushing yards. Like, He's a guy who's a focal point in this offense, and there's so many other players on this list that are injured or splitting time that um, or just I'm most confident with Nixon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, just to add on to that, I mean, the Broncos' run defense is currently 25th DVOA. I mean, that's bottom seven run, mm-hmm. D, run DVOA defense. And over the second half of the season here for the Broncos' run defense, they're allowing the highest rushing success rate in the league. Um, we know that the Bengals want to run the football for some reason or another. And it looks like they're playing a team that will allow them to run the football. So Mixon for me is, is one of my favorite plays. And especially considering his price it is very affordable. I mean, to, to see him at 72 is a pretty easy thing. When you're like, oh, my top, my top running back I'm looking at this week is 7,200. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's a good I mean, place to be. I, the thing is, you don't really have to pay up. But if I were to pay up, it would be him. Yep. All right. Now's where it gets a little ugly. I mean, so I, let's let's get this out of the way first before we go to the ugly. James Robinson, uh, Urban's gone, fifty four hundred. 
dude's chalk. I mean, I expect to see like a 35% ownership on him. Just, I mean, I don't think like anyone listening to this that plays DFS probably has already thought about James Robinson. But just quick, real quick, give me your thoughts on what you're doing with him. Is he a, a block must play or is he a, a smart pivot? Yeah. Do you have any concern of his recent usage? Um, and I think it was all Urban injury. Meyer. I think it was I, yeah. the so injury. You think the coach maybe. change is just going yes. to be enough to yes. get him back to, to 20 touches, 15 plus touches, yes. let's say. And yes. obviously the matchup is great um, at home against the Houston Texans. So um, 5,400, he just seems like a pretty obvious play in cash. But if he's going to have ownership like that, it's pretty easy to get off of him. There's a lot of guys in the 5K range who are decent plays as well. Mm-hmm. But he's probably probably the safest, at least for running backs. Um, Fifty four hundred for a guy who we've seen his upside in the past, and um, one of, if not the best matchups, Jaguars are going to have all season, and like one of their best chances at winning a game. And like I said earlier, one of the options when a coach is gone is the team just rallies behind each other and um, come out to try to get a victory. Yep. I mean, kind of saw that with the Raiders a little bit too, but I think this yeah. is uh, even a worse case because I think everyone hated Urban Meyer and I didn't think everyone hated John, John Gruden. Um, but yeah. you know, I mean, to be to, to elaborate on the point a little bit, I almost was certain that there was like fights going on internally about like, why aren't they playing James Robinson? And it was Urban Meyer who wanted to play Hyde. Um, mm. So, and he's the reason Hyde went there in the first place. I mean, all, all the respect for Carlos Hyde and the career he's had, but he is just nowhere near the back that James Robinson is. And I think Daryl Bevel, who is now taking over as the interim head coach, a guy that is team established the run. Like this dude wants to run the damn football and he knows he has a pretty damn good back to do it. So I see uh, James Robinson is a pretty, pretty great play. Another guy I want to talk about, we can start kind of rattling him off from here. Uh, a guy that I'm not on again. I, I was, you know, pat my own back here, but I went week 14. I was off of Jeff Wilson at 4,400. I know everyone wanted to play him with Elijah Mitchell out again. Already kind of touched on this matchup in terms of the Falcons, how they've been stout against the run. That is kind of a check mark against Jeff Wilson. And then two last week, we saw a lot of Debo. And uh, there's even Hasty got some looks in the past game. Jeff Wilson didn't get a single target last week, like not a single one. And it was, you know, relatively close game, maybe not the whole way through, but 13 attempts, 56 yards, no, no targets. And his price went up 600. Um, Jeff Wilson is a guy I expect to have a a decent amount of ownership, especially now with Sony out. Um, but he's a guy that I'm not interested in Jeff Wilson, your thoughts. Yeah, I kind of like him. I think it's a good matchup for it. Um, one thing we were talking about before the stream was, uh, the Sony Michelle ownership has to go somewhere. I think James Robinson's was already going to be as high as it's going to be. And I think, a lot of people are going to shift to Jeff Wilson uh, mm-hmm. because of the matchup against the the Falcons. So I kind of like it. Like um, I do have some concern about the pass game role. Um, in the past, we had seen him getting a lot more targets, but um, also just be careful if Elijah Mitchell was to play this game, then Jeff Wilson almost just completely comes off the board for me. But um, yeah, ha- didn't have any targets last week. So it's concerning to me as far as like his upside goes at 5k. Um, there are some other guys in this range that even, even like a David Johnson, 4,900. I, I think if people are going to play Jeff Wilson more, I would rather play David Johnson as gross as it is to say. Fair enough. 
I mean, there's a lot of pretty pretty gross guys that we have some interest in here this week. So COVID week. Yeah, it's it's just the way that that cookie cookie crumbles. Um, I mean, let's just go down the list some of the thoughts I have. I mean, Michael Carter, forty seven hundred. I mean, he's one of the cheaper yeah. backs that we're interested in. He looks like he is a full go, and he has been good when he has been asked to play. I mean, it's um, I'm not 100% sure. It says it, their reports are two hours ago saying that he'll have a significant role in week 15, which is you absolutely love to see that. And then you just kind of take a look. So where I'm expecting him to be activated off IR, and then you look at the games when he was actually like playing well. I mean, he had a, he had a good little run there from week four to week eight. Um, you know, even 18 points in week 10. I mean, when, when he's on the field, I, I think he was in the middle of a breakout to be a solid RB2 for your fantasy team. So at 4,700, I mean, we're going to talk about some guys that, you know, we talked about Jeff Wilson. We talked um, about David Johnson. I mean, there's other guys we're going to get off off the, the board here. But I think for me, Michael Carter is my second favorite play beyond Nixon. Yeah, yeah. I think it, in this talk and just looking at the list almost makes me – <laughs> more want to play Mixon because a lot of all these guys are going to have questions and all these guys have concerns of, of workload. Um, I think Michael Carter, you know, he's coming back from injury. You don't know if they're going to want to give him a full role, but it's also a pretty good matchup for him to get his full role. We have seen him get a decent amount of work in the passing game. So that's obviously great for uh, DraftKings scoring. Mm-hmm. He's, if he's going to have his his full workload, he's probably going to have somewhere in the range of 15 touches, probably like 12 to 15 touches is the expectation, mm-hmm. but like three of those you're expected through the air. So I think you know, Michael Carter in this matchup, um, last time he was in the game against the Dolphins, he had um, 60 yards on the ground and he had a catch as well in that game. So, I mean, the floor on all of these guys are a little suspect, but I think because we've seen Michael Carter have a game this year with 14 targets and another one with nine targets, I think he has upside that someone like David Johnson doesn't have. Fair enough. I would agree with that. Um, another running back to at least consider, I know this is gross folks, but this is just where we are is Dante Foreman is 5,200 against yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, a couple things about one, it's the matchup. I mean, the Steelers absolutely hemorrhage points to RBs, especially as of late. They're absolutely trash. I mean, it, it is a dream matchup for a run. It's not like the Jets, but it's close in terms of a dream matchup for the running back. And I think more so what sticks out to me here is, is the Titans last week, they, they blew out the Jags 20 nothing. It wasn't even close. But in the first half, when it was still close, Don DeForman got 13 of the 17 running back touches in that first half. Um, then we saw a little bit of Hilliard mixed in, and then we saw McNichols at the end of the game when it was just a blowout. But it does seem like Dante Foreman is the lead guy there. At 5,200, um, you know, I, I feel decently comfortable with him, you know, talking about maybe a third back behind Mixon and Carter that I like. Um, but again, it, it's an ugly week. Your thoughts on Foreman? Yeah, I, I think he's right there with me, probably above Wilson even. I, I'd agree. Um, I think in this range, it's kind of like James Robinson, then Carter and Foreman are very similar to me. Um, Carter, obviously more likely to be part of the um, pass game. But I think, you mean, you could play the two of them together. I think Foreman's probably the better play as far as like a running back goes. But um, because on DraftKings, they have the full point PPR. um, He's not huge in the past game so i don't think 
Um, I think that's where Michael Carter has more of the upside, but um, against the Steelers who, if they don't have big Ben too, um, we could see the Titans just get out to an early lead. And we've seen it in the past with the Titans Mm -hmm. that they, if they get a comfortable lead early on, they're just going to run the ball a bunch. And are um, are the, are the Titans one of the sneakiest nine and four teams this season? Especially with Derrick Henry here. Yeah, man. And AJ Brown pretty much yeah, been out all season pretty too, much, man. Yeah. And Julio. And Julio's been games. out most season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly pretty impressive. All right. Any, I mean, running back's ugly, man. Any other running backs you feel like we, I, I guess like I forgot one. Saquon Barkley, 6,500 against Dallas. Interest there. Yeah. Um, somewhat. It's He's probably the other guy who you could be. I don't know if I want to use the word comfortable with, but uh, he's a little harder to fail. And and what I mean by fail is like under 10 points than a lot of the other guys um, in this range. Mm -hmm. He kind of did it last week. I don't know. Would we say he did it? Like the problem is I don't think he has the same upside as he once did. Yeah, I would agree. Um, But he threw, he three X last week, man. Yeah. I mean, he had 18 points and that might, might be really, his his top but unfortunately just about i think he's as safe as any of those other guys that we talked about to get 15 touches and all he needs is it a lot of that's just opportunity but um if the giants do come out and play this game tough against the cowboys in any way um then i think a lot of that's going to go through barkley that will be on the back of Saquon Barkley. So I like unless Mike Lennon stealing uh, rushing TDs from. Him <laughs> oh Jesus! We haven't talked about Miles Gaskin, man. That means playing the Jets. Yeah, um, I think if you're not playing Tua in a lineup, it's very sharp to play Gaskin in it. Um, you can just run the ball in the Jets. The problem with Gaskin comes up pretty much every week. They just don't. They don't like giving him full workloads like some of these other running backs. However, the last few weeks, he's been getting more touches. Last time he faced these Jets, he had 18 fantasy points. Um, Pretty much has a floor of a couple catches and like 15 carries now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems like they're more comfortable giving him full workloads than they were at the beginning of the season. So um, for me... Like he's in a pretty good spot. I think um, a lot of that Stony ownership is probably going to go to him. Um, yeah, I mentioned the the Wilson stuff. I think people will go to Wilson and Gaskin with mm-hmm. with the Sony. But um, depending on what kind of news we get on Eli Mitchell, um, that might just all go to to Gaskin. Yeah, I think things are looking doubtful for Eli Mitchell at this point in time. Yeah, um, I, I, I I kind of. Kind of doubt he he um he didn't practice today on Friday with a concussion and a knee injury. So I yeah. mean it, I think the writing's on the wall in terms of he's still in an NFL's c- concussion protocol on Friday and he has a knee injury. So I I am not counting on that one at all. Um, any other running backs you want to talk about? Nope. All right, we covered pool, on... pool of four. A little bit of a struggle, but hit me. With... Um, uh, I'll go Mixon, Robinson. Gaskin and Donta Foreman. I like it. And Donta Foreman. Love the call there, man. Going to the wide receiver position, Cooper Cup. He is uh he is no longer there with us. Uh you know, the top play of the week. A lot of people's 
it's going to come down on people's matchups are going to come down on a Tuesday with Cooper Cup uh, in their playoff matchups, and people are going to even be sweating pretty hard either either way with that one. But I, I digress. Um, that leaves at the top. Uh, we'll just do arbitrary cutoff as always. Devonte Adams eighty nine, Debo Samuel eighty two, and Stephon Diggs seventy seven. Thoughts on these upper end wide receivers? Man, it's just such a gross slate. Like I, I you have so much salary on the slate, especially if you're going to play two or three of those five K running backs. Now Cooper Cup isn't isn't available. Um, for me. My favorite of those guys, I mean, it probably has to be Devontae Adams. Yes. I mean, he's just like three straight weeks over 100 yards. He is something that we mentioned earlier. Like, he's one of the only players that can break this slate wide open at this point in time. Like, there's no high-end running backs. Um, And and Debo's not getting the, the receptions to do it as of late. Yeah, and Diggs, you're already saying how um, the Panthers are pretty stout against the yep. pass. So Deontay Johnson's, it depends. Like Ben is pretty much hurt, and is Rudolph going to be able to give him a big game? So that, to me, just leaves Devontae Adams. And assuming assuming Rodgers plays, that's the other thing. Rodgers has been missing some practices this week as well. But I think he's trending towards playing. Um, and in that sense, like to me, Devonte Adams probably my favorite high end player mm-hmm. across the board. I like the call. Let's let's dive into some of these cheaper wide receivers. One that's going to stick out to me almost immediately, and I know we just talked about this, but it's the price. Is Emmanuel Sanders is doubtful with a knee injury, and Gabriel Davis is just thirty seven hundred. Um, we we he, talked about fading this yeah. passing matchup, and and I get it, but Gabriel Davis has done a lot with a little all season long. And now he's going to get a lot. So there's something that, like, all the dude is like, he just catches touchdowns. But it's just one of those things with 3,700, like, do we need to save the money? Maybe not necessarily. But at the same time, it does leave you a lot of flexibility for a 3,700 wide receiver that's likely having a full-time role on an offense who's still going to probably try to pass it. That'll be a bad matchup. Yeah. To me, it's like, for 3,700, it's something that is, it's a lot easier to stomach because... The downside risk is, I mean, it's there with him until these last couple weeks where he had touchdowns, like he wasn't getting you double digit fantasy points, even when given more opportunity. But um, I think I read that this past week was the most snaps he's seen all season. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they're going to be focusing on digs, then to me, Gabriel Davis doesn't have to do a ton but the fact that he's got two straight weeks with a touchdown says to me that they're willing to throw him the ball in the red zone, which which gets that upside there. Um, and he can get there on the 3,700 price tag without having a 100-yard game or anything it just like takes that. One he catch. could have it's three, catch. four catches for 50 yards yeah, and it's, like it's, be it's, okay. Yeah, it's one catch for a touchdown or, as you said, three or four catches for 50 yards, and it's not even a problem. Yeah. So – to me, I I really like him at, at a cheap option. Um, the other cheap guy that's kind of he's going to be pretty highly owned is is Devonte Parker yep. at forty three hundred. Oh yeah, uh, without no Waddle. Waddle there. Yep. And the thing with Parker is, I mean, he 
every game he goes out there, he's at risk of leaving early from injury. But um, he he basically has a floor five catches in games that even Waddle was in. So it's hard for me to see him score less than like 10 fantasy points in this spot. Um, so Devontae Parker is going to be pretty highly owned. Gabriel Davis is going to be pretty highly owned for like a cheap guy. Um, but Parker's role is way closer on the end of alpha than uh, Gabriel Davis's is. So um, if you can find the 600, like I probably would rather go to Parker, even if you're eating that chalk. Another player that intrigues me, Amon Ross St. Brown with no Hawkinson. Hawkinson is out for the year. He has seen, um, you know, back-to-back games of 12 targets. And now mm-hmm. Hawk is back, and now Hawk is out for the season. Um, you know he's seen eight receptions and ten receptions over the last two weeks. The floor seems to be there with Amon Ra St. Brown. He's starting to come around. He's a rookie. Um, I know it's kind of a crapshoot here with the Lions trying to figure out who they are, but he does seem to be the guy that at least is going to be getting the volume. Your thoughts on him at fifty two hundred? Yeah, his price has con- gone up, but part of that has to do with he's earning it. Um, I think. He's in like a decent spot. Uh, the other side of that game, Christian Kirk's fifty three hundred, also somewhat interesting. But with the St. Brown stuff, like I don't know, it, are you concerned with Josh Reynolds being somewhat more of the number one there? Um, yeah, but he's more. St. Brown has has a better chance. He's of the underneath like, guy. He's the slot guy. Yeah. It's the volume. I mean, Reynolds probably better chance to catch a tutty, but he's running actual routes down the field and golf. Tend to, doesn't have a tendency to throw those. I mean, he's a dump off guy. It's like he's been throwing to Hawkinson and and Swift short almost all season long. And now Hawkinson's gone, and it looks like Swift is still going to be sitting out. I mean, it just seems like a another ten to. I mean, I'm not going to project ten to twelve targets coming his way, but it definitely seems like it, it's well within that range of outcomes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, to me, I think. Yeah, those are kind of the guys. Beasley's forty nine, but um, like we said, we I think if I'm going to play a Bills wide receiver this week, it's oddly enough going to end up being Gabriel Davis. Mm-hmm. Are we um, are we are, are are we stacking uh, Brandon Cooks with your Davis Mills? Yeah, love it. Fifty eight hundred, like he, I just he doesn't get love. No, <laughs> it's weird. Never does. Like, he probably should be like 6,500 and it's, it's weird to me that he didn't get priced up more after having a hundred yard game last week. He went from 5,700 to 5,800. Um, and he's kind of been doing this all season where he'll have these not like breakout games, but, um, he's the clear number one in this offense. And if I'm playing a lineup with Davis Mills. I almost have to have Brandon Cooks in there. He might get somewhat owned um, just because of everything going on in the slate. And mm-hmm. the mini stack with, with James Robinson seems pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. I'm getting like brightened. But, it's um, good. We, the audio is so, good. We're rolling. Yeah, basically, Brandon Cooks is the guy that I want. And I don't think I would be double stacking Davis Mills. I don't think you need to. Fair enough. Um, wide receivers, any other you'd like to touch on here, Lou? Um, I think, I think someone who's going to be interesting. There's a couple guys who like, we haven't talked about and I feel like people aren't really, um, not, they're not like over these guys, but, 
Um, I would, if I'm in that range, the upper end, um, Jamar Chase and CD Lamb are kind of interesting to me. They can break um, the slate. Absolutely. They they have the upside and Lamb's starting to get the usage back that we saw earlier in the season, back-to-back games with at least 10 targets um, facing the Giants. If you have a Dak stack, he's he's the guy I'm going with. I know, um, I think that was last week I was talking up playing Amari Cooper in those stacks, but I think I want to get CD in them. Um, and then Jamar Chase, people are not, like, he's not forgotten by any means, but it seems like Higgins is getting more of the show. And, and last week, Jamar had two touchdowns um, in 25 fantasy points. So he, those two guys I would prefer to play over the Deontay Johnsons and uh, mm-hmm. Debo Samuels. Agreed. You ready for the pool of four wide receivers, Lou? Yeah. Um, for me, I'm doing Devonta Adams. CD is going to be in that. Uh, and then I'll go down to Devonte Parker and Cooks. Love it. Over to tight end. Um, this is one of those weeks. If you've been paying attention to the price of the quarterbacks we've been talking about, the running backs we've been talking about, and the wide receivers we've been talking about, there is plenty of cash if you want to pay up at the tight end position. And we have two of the more elite tight ends on this slate at George Kittle at 75 and Mark Andrews at 64. Both of these gentlemen uh, have absolutely been smashing as of late. I mean, Kittle went back-to-back, 37 DK points, 42 DK points, breaking slates there. And then, of course, Andrews. We have a quarterback situation to think about here, but, I mean, even last week with Huntley, he still went 11 for 11, 115 in a tutty. So both of these guys. I think if Huntley is playing, it's more reason to play Andrews because it seems like that was his guy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, (laughs) you know. You've already touched on Andrews a bit, but thoughts on Andrews and or Kittle? Um, I, to me, like we've already talked about how it, there's not a lot of great, like high end priced guys. So on a on a different week, seventy five hundred for Kittle would just be like too much for me. But he's just been he's been smashing, and this is another great matchup that they have. Um, so. I could see you getting there. I probably won't go there, but I mean, I also haven't in the past couple of weeks either. And it's kind of burned me. Um, but it, we're still in this scenario where there's a lot of high end um, tight ends. Andrews, I think unless we have Huntley, I'm, I don't know how interested I am in it uh, at 6,400 now. It was, it was cheap in the past, but mm-hmm. probably my favorite is Gusecki. Um, I was just about yeah, to say, Gusecki with no waddle, man. The volume Mike, should be there. Yeah, Mike mentioned it in the chat. This just seems like the guy you want to stack Tua with this week, to me, mm-hmm. is going to be Gesicki. There's going to be a lot of people that play Tua, Gesicki, and um, Devontae Parker for pretty cheap overall. Um, very easy stack and a very the good matchup. Issue, here's my issue with Gesicki. Um, let me know if you agree. Like, it doesn't seem like he has touchdown upside. Like, last year seemed like he had a lot more um touchdown upside this year he only has two all season so to me he has one game over 100 yards and um no games over one touchdown so do you think he has the upside even in this matchup last time they faced the jets he went five for 50 which is okay but it's not like separating you especially if he's gonna Mm -hmm. get owned so to me i would probably 
I'd probably only play Gesicki in a two a stack. Yep, I would agree. I would agree. I'm finding ways to get Andrews or or, or um not Andrews or Kittle in there, but Gesicki with Tua, I agree. Mm-hmm. And then if you're not going up there, I know we talk. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird that this is a guy that we I almost just said like talk about every week, but kind of do is James O'Shaughnessy just keeps yes. getting so many targets, but he's not doing much with those targets has hasn't gotten a touchdown hasn't hit 50 yards yet on the season but um 3200 if you need some savings this is a once again like a good matchup um i don't know is there really any other tight ends that's the thing with with gesicki is like there's not really good tight ends to no. go to and you don't necessarily need the savings to go down to o'shaughnessy this week um maybe someone like are we going Zoma? back? To the, are we going back to the Zebra King Brock Wright? <laughs> oh man! I mean, I'm not. I'm not the doing Cardinals it, have the been. He's, he's he did get five targets, but the Cardinals have been pretty good against. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not playing Brock um, Wright. I just wanted to say Zebra King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there like literally anyone else who kind of looks good? I mean, no. it, I I was ready to play Higby. Obviously, we can't. Um. Gerald Everett on the other side of that game. Goddard also got moved. Yeah, like a lot of these guys we're looking to play aren't going to be playing. Um, someone like a Noah Fant, maybe, but I, I'd rather play Alberto. Oh, so you would just go with Alberto? Yep, I'll yeah. go with Alberto. Um, if I if I had to choose between him and Fant at the price, I'd oh, Alberto. You know who the if you're gonna dealt this is this is like maybe the grossest. Are we double stacking tight ends? <laughs> Uh, no, this is probably the grossest stack I've ever suggested, honestly, is Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks, Brevin Jordan. Jordan. I mean, 2,800 for a guy. He's got a touchdown in two of the last three games. He had seven targets last week. He's not doing much with the targets, but, man, if you want to do something like bring the get those guys and Chamber Robinson on the way back, you can probably play. Like you probably play Lamb and Chase in that lineup. There, there's yeah. a lot of stuff you can do. Oh man, am I going to play Brevin Jordan in in the year 2021 in a fantasy DFS you are. lineup? I think you are. I think you already Whew, into it, it. It doesn't sound great, but I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing. When we're looking at these tight ends, it's like there's nothing that is really appealing to me on the lower end. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least that this, this is probably one of those weeks where you're pairing your tight end with your quarterback, whichever quarterback you decide on someone like uh Schultz um, is in play. I think if you're uh, doing a DAC lineup, um, I don't know. Is there anyone else in there? Do you think no. you'd play Albert O over someone like, Grabbing Jordan? No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just paying up, man. It's just the week yeah, I pay up. Don't end. even worry about the cheaper ones. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well. Close it off with the defense special teams, man. Anything uh, sticking out to you? Uh, not really. Uh, I think if you're gonna play the fade to a idea, um, you could go with the Jets. Uh, it's kind of gross. Um, but I think I'd prefer the Jets 
over like the Lions this week, depending on injuries, I think is going to determine a lot of this. Um, but this is probably a week where you pay up at defense. Uh, my favorite defense is probably Bengals, mm-hmm. twenty nine hundred against um, against Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos. They've been getting a lot of sacks recently as well, so it it pulls up their floor a little bit. They've had um, until last week they were getting three, two, three um, turnovers in three straight games. So um, to me, I, I think Bengals are probably my favorite under 3K. And then if you're going to go up, Cowboys is probably, if you can get up to 3,600 and you have the salary, Cowboys is pretty good against Mike Glennon. Um, 49ers against the Falcons are also a pretty good one. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Anything else you think? Um, I would say... I, I no, not really, man. Maybe Titans I, if if Big Ben doesn't play and they're facing Rudolph. They had four picks last week. Titans, Titans defensive. Maybe that's how the Titans have gotten their nine wins. Is they just their defense is good enough. I would, so, actually, I kind of like that Titans play three K. Yeah, yeah. To I me, do. it's like Bengals, Titans, 49ers, Probably going to end up playing one of those three, whichever yeah. one kind of fits with the rest of my lineup. All right, Joe. It, it, it's a tough slate this week with, the, with, oh, yeah. the, with a lot of the good plays moving around. Even before those plays moved around, it was still kind of a tough slate. So um, might be playing a little light in the cash, dabbling more in the GPPs, but um, figured out. We got we got the advice you needed. Lou, final thoughts? Yeah, I think just, just pay attention to COVID news. If any more pops up, um, backups, especially at like the quarterback position, are, is probably going to determine a lot of – the ownership in this slate. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it, there's also a Saturday slate, which now only has two games, right? So one game um, it's down to the one. Okay. It's down yeah. to the one. So it's showdown. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but we're going to have football for starting tomorrow. We're going to have football for the next like four we, days. We have football we, after today. Due to have, Tuesday. We, now. Have, we have football eight of the next 10 days. Oh yeah, it's the one day Wednesday off, and then everything else we're going yeah. for it. So a lot of football coming up, which is good for for us viewers, especially if I don't know how much the world is going to be starting to shut things down. But um, it's nice to see that they're they're pushing it, but not pushing them to different weeks because there's a lot of people that are in a fancy season long playoffs, which it's going to be a wild week for that if you're sweating it out. Oh until my Tuesday. god, it's going to be a little bit. A little bit nuts, yeah. but anyways. All right. Um, you can find Lou on Twitter at Lou Dog Sherman. Find me on Twitter at FF Tyler. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget. Tell somebody you love them. Later. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak